We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. A big part of feeling good is looking good. And if you want to look good, and you do, especially this time of year with the holidays approaching, you really need to check out Indochino. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more, and everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. Plus, you get to personalize all the details, including your lapel, lining, and your own monogram. Indochino's process is simple. You choose your fabric, pick your customizations, and submit your measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door in two weeks. You can get measured and designed your suit at the nearest Indochino showroom or do it all yourself online at Indochino.com. Right now, you can get $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com. Promo code BLUEWIRE for $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more. It's an incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. Hey, 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 welcome to the Rotoviz College Football Show. I'm your host, Stefan Lacoe, joined, as always, by Matt Wispay and Jordan Hoover. This podcast is being brought to you by Indochino, Harry's, and Roman. Gentlemen, let's get started. We've got a big show. We are coming off our bye week. We are ready to go. We're ready to close this thing out. How are y'all feeling after a week off? I doubt I'm as relaxed as you are. <laughs> I know. I'll tell you what, fellas. I thought living on the West Coast was nice when I used to live out in uh, Washington. Being in Hawaii was awesome. I woke up and 7 a.m. there's college football on. It was it was fantastic. Everyone's slowly getting ready for the day. And I had a cup of coffee and just sat down and watched football while everyone got ready for the day. 
went to the pool and uh, watched a lot of the games on my phone. It was quite an enjoyable, enjoyable way to watch a little uh, college football action. Yeah, you you for sure have us beat on that side. Um, but I'm glad you got some uh, some time away, some football time in during that time away. And uh, yeah, I like the way you put it off the bye week. We should be healthy, uh, as close to healthy as we can be this time, of, this time of year, as they say. So yeah, ready to get rolling. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be good. We have a fun show for you, as always. We're going to start off just talking a little bit about the, the college football playoff. Uh, we ha- we are going to not do a lot of hype hypoth- hyperbole. I don't. That's not the word I'm looking for. But that's the only word. We're not going to get into the hypotheticals oh. <laughs> too much. Uh, we're just going to going to look a little bit at uh, which teams control their own destiny uh, through the home stretch here. We're going to look a little bit about at last week and then spend a lot of time looking at week twelve. We'll go through our previews and then, of course, finish out the show with our locks. Uh, man. I'm really struggling in that department, so I feel like this is a, a get-right week for me. I really needed that bye week to kind of regroup uh, and get going. But let's let's get started here uh, with with the college football with the college football playoff. Excuse me. We have uh, currently five undefeated teams, if uh, my math is correct here, and uh, I think the top the top three LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson. They're they're kind of obvious. Like they they don't have to. Uh, they don't have to worry too much about about where things are headed for them. But I, I'd love to hear your thought on um, on the other the other undefeated teams, Minnesota and Baylor. Just real quick, Jordan, uh, what do you think would have to take place for them to miss out? Uh, in other words, if if both of these teams uh, win their conference championship, are they automatically in the playoffs? In your opinion, well, Minnesota, if they win the Big Ten, that basically means that they will beat Ohio State. I mean, I'm pretty sure we're assuming Ohio State is going to be the representative from their side of the Big Ten, so... Still could be Penn State. Uh, we can we can talk about that a little bit later. Um, yeah, but I mean, if Minnesota were to win out and win the Big Ten with a win over Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game, as wild as it sounds, I don't really know how you could keep them out necessarily. I mean, there might be an argument, but... Uh, Right. Uh, a run the table and a win over what you know a team that most people consider to be probably the best team in the country uh, all around, um, and then Baylor, you know I don't really I cannot get a, a solid read on Baylor. I've struggled this year with them because like last week against TCU, I mean it was they kind of got lucky to win that game. Um, they've been in so many close games that you know kind of could have gone either way, but they are where they are. They have a really big game, obviously, this week at home against Oklahoma, which I think will tell us even more about them. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not – I just have a really hard time getting a read on Baylor. I don't know if you guys have a better feel um, for them. No, I don't. I, I, uh, I, I certainly <laughs> don't. I thought – I keep thinking they're going to lose, and they don't. But I, I, I agree with you. I think any undefeated team is going to be in the playoff. I mean, just – it's not easy to do, and I don't think we will have to worry about it because both of those teams have some pretty difficult uh, games ahead. Uh, what I do want to spend a little bit more time on is talking about some of these one-loss teams. Let's let's start with you, uh, Matt. Let's. I think for for all for for the purposes of our conversation, let's just stick with uh, with the big ones here. Uh, so we've got Bama, Georgia, and the SEC, uh, Penn State in the Big Ten, Oklahoma in the Big Twelve, and then Utah and Oregon in the Pac-12. Of these teams, who do you think, if they win out, 
will be invited to the college football playoff? I think there are two that are absolute locks. If they win out the rest of their games, they will make it. Uh, the first one is Georgia because that would mean that they would have a uh, they would have a win over LSU and win the SEC championship. And I think that basically guarantees you a place in the playoff. And then the second one is Penn State. Um, if Penn State wins out, I understand Jordan's a little bit upset with them right now, but they would have a win over Ohio State, and then they would likely avenge their loss against. Um, geez, against Minnesota or potentially Wisconsin, they'd have a win against. So it would be two good wins and a Big Ten championship. So they would be, I think, pretty much unquestionably in. And the other ones, I I just don't think any of them truly control their own destiny because if Georgia beats LSU, Bama's basically out. There's no scenario where Georgia, let me take a half step back. It's incredibly unlikely that Bama gets in if LSU loses in the SEC championship to um, Georgia because that would basically take their spot because you would have to kind of you would have to keep LSU above Alabama because of the win and have twos again a maybe um, and then you put them in because they're the SEC champion. So uh, it's just it's kind of interesting. I don't I think there really are only seven teams that truly control their own destiny, even though people will come out and tell you Alabama controls their own destiny. If they win out, they're in. That's absolutely not the case. There are definitely scenarios where Alabama gets left out. Jordan, how do you how do you see all this? I I kind of fall along the same lines as Matt. I think that and I don't think it's necessarily a coincidence that the two teams that Matt highlighted, which I pretty much agree with, are in the SEC and Big Ten, which I think I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but I feel like those are probably the two best conferences in college football right now, um, top to bottom. They at least have the two. They have the most elite, like truly elite right. teams. They, I mean, there I are bad the, teams I, I in both, goal. but but yeah. Um, yes. But I'm still... Unlike the ACC and Pac-12, which have no bad teams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, and that kind of gets to where I wanted to go with, with Utah and Oregon, which I'm... I'm really intrigued by because I've been selling Utah short, I think, for basically the entire season. And I I think that, you know, if if they somehow work their way through the remainder of their schedule, win the Pac-12 championship, finish with one loss, it's going to be tough because, you know, whatever, regardless of what people say, I do believe that there is a legitimate bias against the Pac-12. But they would be, you know, when you look at all the efficiency metrics, and I think it's interesting, um, I was listening to the Bet the Board podcast this morning, and they brought up a good point where the spokesperson playoff is actually including, um, or, or I should say referencing efficiency metrics in some of their explanations. And this is kind of a, you know, I don't know exactly how much that gets factored in, but I think it's interesting because when you look at Utah, they are one of the most efficient all-around teams in the entire country. Um, per ESPN's efficiency metrics, they rank eighth in offense and fifth in defensive efficiency. So, I mean, they are truly an elite team um, metrics-wise. So, I mean, I don't know how much that will ultimately get factored in, but I'm still angling for the Pac-12 to somehow squeak in, I know it's unlikely. And ultimately, I think the logical side of me kind of falls in the same line as Matt, where it's probably either Georgia 
and I'm really hesitant to say Penn State because I think that they got exposed a little bit. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I think Penn State will. Yeah. Like, I don't think I if I'm without. Well, I know you're too, not. I know you're not like, picking them to beat Ohio State. I, I mean, know that without being too arrogant in the fact I I don't think there's that many scenario like ways that they're going to beat an Ohio State team, but I do think that if they if they do win out their resume is going to be about as good as anyone in the country. Absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely. I agree. Where, the one team that neither one of you mentioned, which is actually the one that, that I thought uh, you would is, is Oklahoma. Uh, no, I don't think Oregon has a shot to be honest with you, even if they went out for the same reason that, uh, that Jordan just said. That they, I actually think they have a better shot than Utah. Well, maybe I think they're a big, I think they're a bigger brand. I think Oregon, Oregon not only needs to win out, they need Auburn to win out. Uh, they need that loss to look a little bit better than it than it currently does, uh, in my opinion. But Oklahoma is a team that we, you know, <laughs> we we are up and down on, uh, depending on how their defense is playing. You know, because uh, their offense we we know is legit. So if if Oklahoma wins out, uh, I would be surprised if they were not in the playoff. Personally, um, they would have beaten Baylor, of course. Uh, so that's one less undefeated team that we're looking at. And uh, I, I just don't know. I don't know how the committee would leave them out if they if they go undefeated the rest of the way. Um, now, again, a lot of football to be played. Uh, I said we wouldn't get into the hypotheticals too much, but I just think it's interesting. And, and, and part of the reason I wanted to do this exercise is because uh, as much as we talk about style points and, and taking your foot off the gas and all that kind of stuff, uh, I do think it plays into to some of these games. Uh, I know some of the games that I'm going to be looking at in my locks, uh, I'm kind of relying on some of this logic of uh, a, a team like Alabama, like you mentioned, Matt, they they might not be in just by winning out. They might have to make it look really spectacular. So uh, just things to think about as we're, as we're moving ahead. Um, but yeah, I know, uh, Matt, w- before we hit record, you were saying that uh, you didn't love this slate of games. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where you guys go with some of your picks. It, it does feel like a bit of an ugly week. Um, oh. <laughs> and uh, and that's my segue over to you, Matt. <laughs> Speaking of ugly, no. well, I was gonna, I, so uh, I, I know you guys, uh, you guys over there, you still have your full beards, and I and I'm I, I'm sorry, I, I I can't grow a full beard, so I, I shave mine all the time. But I do have a fashionable mustache for this month for November to uh, you, help. You, you, didn't, you weren't uh, yeah. considering it fashionable earlier. That's the only reason. I said. No, no, it's a, a full-on. It's an Adam Morrison. It is an Adam Morrison mustache. But you know what you need uh, when you're growing out a really bad mustache? You need a good razor blade to clean up the rest of your face. And I, there's really no better blades out there than Harry's. Uh, humans have been shaving for thousands of years, and you know the secret to a great shave? It hasn't changed much. They didn't need flex balls or heated handles. Neither do you. Harry's doesn't overcharge you with gimmicky features on their razors. They focus on delivering what actually matters, sharp, durable blades at a fair price. And like I said, this month, I might be growing out a pretty terrible mustache, but I am uh, cleaning up the rest of my face so my wife doesn't kill me. Harry's is the return to the essential. They give you, like I said, they give you quality, durable blades at a fair price. It's just $2 per blade. And they cut out the middleman when they manufacture their own blades in a German blade factory that's been honing precision blades for for a century, which means you get high quality blades at a factory direct price. It's super convenient. Blade refills are sent directly to your door on your schedule with or without a subscription. And there's no risk for trying them out. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Listeners of the show can redeem their for a Harry's trial set at harrys.com backslash blue wire. You get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip 
a five blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry, and it's easy to grab on the go. So once again, go to harrys.com backslash blue wire to start shaving better today. Perfect. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I don't think you mentioned your wife, uh, you know, not being too, dis- dis- I don't know what word you said, actually. I was listening, but I don't remember the word. <laughs> You, you don't want to keep yeah. I don't want to. If I shaved my beard, my wife would leave me uh, because <laughs> I have no chin whatsoever and uh, I look ridiculous. So, not only do I have a beard, I have a very long beard so that it looks like I have a chin. Uh, so, yeah, my wife would, would straight up leave me. So, uh, I, I will use Harry's for like the neck and the cheeks and stuff like that, but the beard's got to stay. Um, I mean, unless she leaves me anyway, then I guess I could shave, but uh, hopefully that won't take place anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> way to go hey, dark i don't really know Speaking what to say dark, let's jump right into our locker yeah. for uh two weeks ago because it was a rough week pretty much across the board except for uh mr 500 <laughs> right. um, speaking of speak, so, speaking of things that will make your wife leave you <laughs> a, a bang so, record like these that's exactly what will make your wife leave you continue matt sorry so after <laughs> uh so after uh my my hot start to the year it's been a little bit downhill uh ever since jordan uh let people know that i was doing well uh at a one in three week two weeks ago uh never bet against smu overs that's just a mistake um niu and central michigan brought home the win on an over charlotte mtsu lost on an over and liberty umass lost on an under don't bet against or don't bet umass unders uh it's funny you say that i was listening to the cover three podcast and i think that they are betting the umass under <laughs> i think that was one of they're playing northwestern yeah. um so is this is this changing your approach and philosophy when looking at games? Are you still going to stick with the over and under? Are you still feel comfortable in that wheelhouse or are you going to be branching out a little bit? You've seen my picks for this week. You know the answer. I haven't studied them. I am, I'm still in totals. Uh, <laughs> there you go. One is, and uh, I told you guys this, but I did have somebody ask me last week uh, for picks. I gave them three picks that I was going to use on the show. Went, or I'm sorry, I gave them four picks. Went three and one on those picks. Those don't count towards my record, but for that uh, listener who got those picks, I really hope you hammered them. Yeah, I uh, did not. Uh, I didn't record last week, so obviously I didn't. But all the ones that I would have picked, uh, they all went wrong. They all went sideways, and uh, I was very glad that <laughs> none of it was on the record because uh, I'm already doing badly, and uh, that wouldn't have helped any. Yeah, the, the two weeks ago, the only win I had was was Utah minus three against Washington. Uh, I missed on Boise State, Han- San Jose State, as well as Air Force and Army. Uh, Jordan, uh, as as Matt alluded to, you are Mister Five Hundred so far. Uh, you went two and two with, uh, yeah, I think you know your your Indiana picks, man. I uh, I don't know if you're going to continue on with them. I, I'm curious though uh, where you sit with Indiana right now because you've kind of been on them from time to time this year. And, and now I do believe they are playing your Penn State Nittany Lions. Isn't that correct? Yeah, that's right. And that's tri- that's How- tremendous foreshadowing to our lock section. Um, Indiana's good. But do you find do you find yourself kind of half rooting for them because you have been picking them a, a couple times? So I mean, far? I doubt he's rooting for them this week. <laughs> yeah, maybe not this week. I don't know. <laughs> I think that they're really interesting. They're one of the more interesting teams. I think that. How are they not ranked? They they are ranked, I think, now. I think they're 20, oh, 25th. Are they? 
perhaps oh, they just cracked the top 25 but i but yeah Six. they're they're one of like the more interesting teams i think that not many people are talking about and in this for for this review of our picks when they played northwestern the market just was not was not even close to valuing valuing them correctly especially against a northwestern team that is i mean i've gone on at length i don't need to say it anymore but they they won that game 34 to 3 easy easy cruise victory and they were laying 11 and a half so i mean i just don't think that you know i think going into this game against penn state i do think the market is starting to catch up seeing as they're only catching 14 and a half um against a team with just one loss at home but that one was you know that one was one that i felt most confident about in the picks we're reviewing um virginia was catching two and a half at north carolina won that game outright uh Baylor came out flat against West Virginia, um, squeaked by with a three-point win despite outgaining West Virginia by over 200 yards. I wasn't mad about that at all. I was actually laughing. I wasn't crying. Uh, You're crying. Um, (laughs) But that was – I mean, that one was just kind of tough. Like, Baylor was clearly the better side, but they just didn't finish. So chalk that up as a loss. And then the fourth pick that I added on, god damn it, Oklahoma State, TCU – I had the under 60 and a half perfectly fine <laughs> until about 20 seconds left in the game. Field goal kicked ends at 61 total. Just brutal. So close to a three and one, three and one week. But it's just kind of, it's just kind of been the season that I've had this year. It's, you know, it's, it's just hasn't really been a great one. I don't know, boys. Yeah. And you've had a little bit of uh, of misfortune with some overtime games and stuff like that, that have ruined your 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 over and under pick well not your over picks or under picks so yeah definitely definitely a little bit of a misfortune but that's all going to change we are refreshed ready to go uh what what game was your favorite to watch last week jordan over the weekend oh ellis lsu alabama for sure i mean i know that's like the the easy answer right but answer. dude it's so much fun to see offense like that. And and it makes, you know, not only does it make me feel good, but it makes me feel good to know that old cavemen watching the game are really upset, angry, throwing <laughs> stuff at the wall because they can't handle that there's no defense. So it's just a double win. But but really like 1,100 yards of total offense combined in a series that, you know, not that long ago, neither team was getting into double digits <laughs> as a final score. Nine to ten. Yeah, so I mean... It, it really, like, just to be able to see those two teams, Tua obviously wasn't 100%. He, he gutted it out, did as much as he could. And I think what's really interesting is, you know, the liability, I think, that both teams kind of have on defense, which is something we, we're not really used to seeing. You know, Joe Burrow and the LSU offense is just on another level at this point, so you kind of have to factor that in. But Bama, I think, is a bit vulnerable on defense, and LSU – Again, giving up 40-plus, you know, that last touchdown sort of made the game closer than it probably was, uh, that 85-yard touchdown, I think, from Tua. But it was it was revealing. It was, not, it, was, it was entertaining, obviously, because I like that kind of football. I like to see high-level offense working efficiently. I don't really care about defense, to be completely honest with you. So it was, it was aesthetically pleasing, but I think it also was a bit revealing in that I think both teams still have some issues on defense. And when they run into an offense that can function highly efficiently, that they're going to give up points. And I think that that could be informative as we move forward. Yeah, I, I agree. I I was shocked because, again, I was 
Uh, I think when this game kicked off, I was en-, en route to the beach. And then once I got to the beach, I turned it on because uh, I don't watch <laughs> football while driving because that would be irresponsible. Um, I actually do sometimes, but it is irresponsible and I totally shouldn't. Um, but it's only no, a on yourself. TV. Um, but it was like it was like 33-13 at halftime or something crazy like that. And I was like, damn it, I, I missed I missed a crazy I missed a crazy first half. And so I was, you know, doing other thing other other stuff. And then I turned around and it was 3327 uh, in the fourth quarter. And I realized that I was possibly missing an epic comeback and I sat down and watched the rest of the game. But yeah, definitely entertaining. Uh Matt, what was what was other than the LSU Bama game, unless you do want to talk a little bit about that, what was uh one of your takeaways from the weekend? No, all I'll say about LSU Bama is the fact that I did have a money line ticket with it, and I was very happy. Um, there you go. I'll jump into the game that Jordan didn't want to talk about. Um, Minnesota Penn State. Um, I didn't expect this out of Minnesota. I did think they would keep it close, and I did think Bateman was going to have a big game. Boy, did Penn State's secondary get get exposed in this one. Um, Minnesota likes to run the ball. They have a they have three really quality running backs, and so I was. I kind of thought Penn State would be able to just, if they stopped the running game, their secondary would be fine. But Bateman crushed them. I think Johnson crushed him. And then Ottman Bell, I think he's a, is he a true freshman? I, he's he's either a freshman or a redshirt freshman. He's a, he's a redshirt freshman. And he showed out in this game. Uh, that, I mean, that passing attack is, is very difficult to stop. And Penn State's cornerbacks really didn't look good in this spot. Um, so, I, I mean... I don't know. I, I think we've had questions all year about how good Penn State's offense actually was. They've really only showed up against kind of bad teams. And then um, in it all started really to uh, unravel against Michigan in the second half when Michigan kind of made their comeback. And it seems like James Franklin just has – he doesn't have the old Urban Meyer step on your throat mentality. And – I don't. I don't know exactly what it was in this game, but they did. They came out flat, and Minnesota didn't, um, and they kind of got beat up. Now, I will say, uh, in Penn State's defense, there was a bla- pretty blatant missed PI uh, on the final play that um, by Minnesota. So maybe that could have swing uh, swung the game a little bit. Either way, good win for Minnesota. I'm going to be really interested in that Wisconsin game. I really hope they managed to get through their slate undefeated and get to that game because that'll be a fun matchup of really differing offenses. Yeah. I, I will say you, you mentioned Penn state's offense. If you would have told me they'd score 26 points against Minnesota, I would have thought that'd be enough to get the win. Uh, I thought their defense would play a little bit better than they did. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, the, uh, the passing attack was, was pretty, pretty on point. Uh, I think Tanner only missed two passes all game. I think he went 18 for 20. Uh, that's, that's pretty unreal. Uh, the game I, I ended up watching a lot of was uh, Oklahoma Iowa State, and I was just so hoping Iowa State would would come out with a win. They went for the two point conversion and, uh, and 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 couldn't get it, but it was definitely very entertaining. Uh, good week overall uh, of football. Very uh, may, and maybe maybe that's just because I was watching it on the beach with a mai tai. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> no, but fun, I enjoyed it. <laughs> it was fun, even looking at some snow. Yeah, oh man, that's that's rough. Yeah, well, we got back, it was, we've been seeing it since like July. Yeah, and there was snow <laughs> since July. Uh, well, just about. Uh, there was snow on the ground when we landed. I was like, oh man, I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for this at all. And my wife is out of town on business uh, this week, so she's out in California. So she's she's 
away. And so it's, you know, back from vacation, we were gone for like 11 days, 12 days, something like that. So back from vacation into solo parenting, Whew. Oh, it's boy. been a, it's been a thing. Rough landing. <laughs> hey, it's okay. Uh, it's okay. Uh, you know, what's not okay though, gentlemen, is when you don't want to talk about some serious problems that can be embarrassing to talk about at times. Talking about erectile dysfunction is not an easy thing to do. Uh, a lot of times we just want to brush it off or, or even blame ourselves and say things like, oh, I just lost my mojo. Uh, a lot of times we just avoid it altogether and we just say, oh, I just had a long day at work. I don't want to get into it. So, you know, just kind of avoid the bedtime routine. You don't want to get into it all because ED can be really difficult. But with Roman, it's much easier to talk about. You can talk to a real doctor who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and most importantly, for the purposes of this conversation, it's totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you for free uh, with two-day sh shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is easy. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today and connect with a doctor to take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. All right, let's transition over into, uh, into looking ahead, looking into the future and, and making some picks uh, for the upcoming slate. We've got some fun ones. I'm really excited to start off with this first one. We've got the Golden Gophers at Iowa. This, Iowa is favored at, by three. I was really surprised when I saw this line. Um, Jordan, you, however, uh, are on Iowa here. So I'd love to hear your logic because when I saw the line come out, I thought Minnesota would be favored coming off a big win against Penn State. Iowa has not been elite. Uh, they have struggled this season. So so give me your thinking here. Why, why are you uh, picking Iowa? This is the, the, slightest, the slightest of leans towards Iowa for me. Um, the, this line, I think, is obviously... It just it doesn't feel right. I, I, I kind of agree with you guys. It, it seems like Minnesota should be favored here, but um, it's obviously a prime letdown spot after, you know, one, one of the biggest wins in program history, if not the biggest last week against Penn State. Um, going to Iowa for, I think it's a four o'clock kickoff. Um, so, I mean, it it's going to be a tough place. Yeah, exactly. It's basically a night game in Kinnick, which is cliche, but also real. Um, it's a tough place to play. Uh, again, it's a letdown spot. I really don't like Iowa very much as a team. I don't think they're especially good, but this is just a spot play and it's just a lean. Um, Minnesota, I think, has enough to to win by double digits. But if, if there's a spot where they trip up, if there's a spot where they just don't look very good and end up, you know, just barely eking out a win. Um, but I'm going to take the home team despite laying the three because it's just a spot play, but it's just a lean. Yeah, see, I, I, I looked at that. I I mean, I looked at the idea of Kinnick at night and um, the fact that this is actually, it's a blackout game for them. So I, the crowd's going to be into this game. Um, honestly, it might be one of the bigger games of the year for Iowa. 
the the reason I'm taking Minnesota is I just think um, I was so unathletic. Uh, I remember the game against Michigan. They they should have beat Michigan, but they just you said I was so unathletic. There's... I thought you said I was yeah. so unathletic. <laughs> like, oh, you got a personal story here. I'm curious no, where this is going. I was just the least athletic team. They don't really have anybody on the field on offense who you really have any faith is going to break off a long play. They, um, they're so they're very reliant on Nate Stanley throwing people open. They're, they're just not very good. Um, yeah. And part of it is, as we saw it last week, eventually Tanner Morgan's going to find one of his receivers wide open. And what, even though I think Iowa's defense is potentially the best defense they played all year. Um, I just don't see a a way where I was going to be able to score enough points because I uh, I think it might only take 17 points for Minnesota to win. It's interesting. I we've talked about Tanner Morgan a bit on this show and we've talked about Stanley a bit on this show as well. I'm curious which who do you think is the better quarterback? Tanner Morgan. Oh. Yeah. I'm cha- I have to change my opinion on him. He has been he's been great this year and I'm every week that I doubt him is probably just wrong. And he's got amazing weapons. I mean, we all know Tyler Johnson's headed for the NFL. I can only assume Rashad Bateman's heading there as well. The, they've got amazing talent. I I just can't pick against it. I know it's on the road. It, it's it's not a night game. I, I'm pretty sure it's – well, I mean, it starts at, I think, 4 o'clock. So maybe – I don't know what time it gets dark up in Iowa. Uh, but if it's anything yeah. like here, like 4.30. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was also brutal coming back after daylight savings because they don't do that in Maui. Uh, coming back here and all of a sudden getting dark at 5, five o'clock. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is going on here? It was it's, – it's been a rough week, boys. Um, but I, I, I like Minnesota in this spot. And um, they're actually just a little – foreshadowing here it's i'm locking this one up i've got minnesota plus three i feel good about it i'll maybe get a little bit more well i'll just say it now uh minnesota's covered its last six games uh i think tanner morgan um is really really good i i think he any deficiencies he has his receivers can make up for i think rodney smith the running back will eclipse a thousand yards rushing for the year in this one um i think minnesota wins this one fairly comfortably uh and it definitely uh definitely covers the the three points i i i I'm going money line on them to be honest with you though, but but not for the pick. That's gonna be my bet will be money line. My lock is just the plus three. Uh, but let's get into the next game here. We've got Georgia, uh, minus two and a half on the road at Auburn. Boy, I hope Auburn does this. Uh, I, I I want Auburn to win just because it might help my ducks out a little bit. Uh, get get one more team out of the race and make that loss look a little bit better. But I just don't think they will. Two and a half points is not that big of a spread. Um, I think if it was Three, three and a half, I'd be nervous. But uh, knowing that Georgia just needs to win by a field goal, um, give me Georgia. I think this is going to be a, a, a defensive uh, slugfest. I think scoring is going to be uh, infrequent. And um, yeah, and, and I like Georgia to, to, to squeak it out here. Matt, do you agree or disagree with me? I'm going to be honest. When I first put this in the show doc, I definitely was gung-ho. Georgia's going to do this. I As we... Like now have to like lock it in on the podcast. I'm not as confident. I'm going to stick with my pick. I think Georgia just has more weapons to score with than Auburn does. I think that at some point Swift will find his way into the end zone. Although I think it will be a challenge, especially if Auburn is smart, they will come out and make a point of just stopping the running game. 
Um, the thing, the thing that would scare me if I'm picking Auburn is basically Jake Fromm has been now kind of hearing um, all week that he was so terrible after last week's game, even despite the win. I wouldn't be surprised if they unleash him a little bit and give him an opportunity to throw the ball around. I just don't know if Georgia has great weapons to make this a high scoring affair. So I think in a low scoring game, Georgia probably pulls off a win and it might be really by just a field goal. Well, I hate to break it to you boys, but you're both wrong. (laughs) (laughs) No, Um, again, this is, this is a really tough decision. Um, I'm, I'm taking the points with Auburn at home. Obviously I would like this, much more if it was at three but it's something something that I found pretty interesting um since 2013 when Gus Malzahn took over as head coach at Auburn they've been a home underdog eight times they're seven one and oh against the spread in that situation beating the spread by an average of 9.8 points in those games over expectation and they've won five of those games outright this is an idea you know this is the preferred spot for Malzahn I think he has the coaching advantage over Kirby Smart. Um, I think this is a situation where we could see his sort of inventive play calling with the trick plays that seem to always work, even though we always talk about the trick plays that are probably coming from Gus Malzahn. They still seem to somehow work. Um, And I think that in this type of game that's so tight, one of those plays breaking for a long touchdown could swing the entire game. Um, Bo Nix has been better at home. Uh, significantly better at home, obviously short sample size, but it seems clear that he feels more comfortable and is more efficient when the game is at home. And I hear what you're saying. I think that Georgia is probably the more talented team basically across the board, but this just feels like a spot where Malzahn as an Ugg, Bo Nix at home, getting points. Again, I wish it was at three, but I'll take the two and a half uh, with Auburn at home. I have a question for you, Jordan. Because uh, sure. last year, last year you and, and I know he played differently last year than this year. So Fromm was someone that you were really excited about last year. Has he regressed significantly? Is it play calling? Is it the league adjusting to him? What what's happened to, to Fromm? Is he still someone that Georgia should trust, or do you think they're kind of wishing they had a Jacob Eason or one of these other? Uh, Oh, that's the QB you go with, not the one that's gonna win the Heisman. You happen to know that I that did was it for you, my friend. You knew I did it for you, my friend. He's trying. He's trying to trigger you, Matt. He's trying to trigger you, <laughs> and he succeeded. <laughs> um, I, to be honest, um, I still am okay on from. I don't know if I'm necessarily as high as I once was um, because. There was a time at one point where he looked like he was on an absolute upward trajectory, and I don't know if that's necessarily the case anymore. I think that he could be a serviceable quarterback in the NFL. I don't know that we would see him be an upper echelon quarterback um, if we're trying to project him out to the next level. Although when you look around the league at who is starting, who knows? But is that a is that a slam at Jeff Driscoll? Uh, oh, Come oh on boy. now, Jeff Driscoll. That's a, Dark, dark times. But I mean, um, to be honest, like if you look at his if you look at his stats, um, this is his worst season so far uh, by QBR or uh, QB rating Um, by far his worst by yards per attempt um, by nearly a full yard. Um, And, you know, he's still completing a a 67 percent of his throws so far this season. So, I mean, he's still like relatively efficient, 
but he's just not pushing the ball down the field. And I think a lot of that has to do with the lack of established playmakers on the outside. I think if you put him in an ideal scenario, like say, for instance, Fromm took Joe Burrow's place at LSU with Joe Brady, those wide receivers, that offense, I think LSU would be clicking at nearly the same rate. And that might be might be blasphemy to some people, but I don't think the gap between Joe Burrow and Jake Fromm is that big. But it's really about the surrounding cast. If you put Joe Burrow at Georgia with Kirby Smart and and his weapons, you know, are we having the same conversation? So I mean, that's kind of how I look at it. Yeah. So he's really just missing Riley Ridley. Exactly. <laughs> Fight me. Uh, you, you mentioned you mentioned Ryan Finley. This is fun trivia right here. Do you know that the NC State Wolfpack? They, they currently are responsible for three NFL quarterbacks starters. Last it's week's wild. had. It's, it's wild. It's wild. Yeah. QBU. Yeah. That's right. I mean, technically, I mean, Russell Wilson didn't end end his career at NC State, but he did start it. So exactly. You know. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's probably a bit more of, of from and company that we need to talk about but uh, whenever we get some riley ridley love in we, we need to do so uh moving on no, no never <laughs> uh if you're curious why matt is is tilting it's because he uh he had riley ridley ranked as his number one <laughs> wide receiver in debbie last year and he's bitter that it hasn't worked out <laughs> yeah that happened. <laughs> um, he, he hasn't Wake recovered. Forest. He hasn't recovered from the Justin Fields slight. I love that you did that. That was <laughs> tremendous. Tremendous. We've got Wake Forest. My mic and start cursing. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can. You can. Hey, you've got freedom. Uh, land of the free, home of the brave. Wake Forest at Clemson, thirty-four and a half. That's a huge number, and you guys are not afraid of it, Matt. Why are you comfortable uh, going with Clemson with such a huge line right here, thirty-four and a half points? Because I don't know who uh, is going to catch passes for Wake Forest. With Sage Surratt out and I believe Scotty Washington out, um, they're going to be throwing to Kendall Hilton, who most people didn't know about four weeks ago. Um, Clemson is Most people didn't know about him four minutes ago. But Welcome. Um, uh, if you're playing DFS, Kendall Hilton. Clemson's kind of been in F the world mode ever since that uh, nor- close game against uh, North Carolina. It's... As much as we want to sit here and say, oh, Clemson hasn't looked that impressive. For the last month, Clemson has looked very impressive. And I believe they've covered every game since that North Carolina game. So, yeah, with Wake Forest pretty much going to be forced to run the ball against one of the best defenses in the country, I I don't even know how they score. And if Wake Forest can't score, Wake Forest can't win. Or keep it close. Yes, this is true, but they don't need to keep it close. They just need to not lose by 34 points, which... That's close. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I think they can pull it out. I don't feel confident on it. This is not something that I'm going to be uh, betting on by any means, but I'm leaning Wake Forest here just because the line is is monstrous. And Clemson's, like you said, they have been putting their foot on the gas lately, but uh, I don't know. We've seen We've seen disappointing performances... Uh, from them this year in wins of course but still we've seen disappointing um and even yeah their last two games they they would have covered this but you know they i don't know i i I just feel like the number's too big jordan what do you think um i'm gonna lay it with clemson i I understand your hesitation and this isn't like an all-in play but like matt like matt mentioned the 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 injuries to the wide receivers for white fours are just just crushing and and you have to be at full capacity to hang 
um, with Clemson at this point because their defense has completely rounded into form. Their offense is one of the best in the country. They're even though they're ranked third in the football in the college football playoff rankings, I still think that they probably have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Dabo just kind of brings that out in his team, regardless of what anyone's saying. They they play up the disrespect card. Um, and I think they're kind of in the mode where they're just trying to lay it on teams and just say, you know what, the ACC is bad, but we don't care. We're just going to murder everyone in our way. Um, so, I mean, I just can't get in front of Clemson right now, especially with the with the injuries to the key positions for Wake Forest on offense. So I'll, I'll lay the points um, and, and lean here with Clemson. Well, I, I really hope that the NCAA decides that they can uh, play co- pay college athletes because Dabo said he would quit if that happened, and he drives me nuts. <laughs> so I'm all for it. Let's get Dabo out of here. Uh, anyway. I still love Dabo. Yeah, he just drives me nuts. Anyway, so you guys are both on Clemson. I'm taking Wake. Uh, Navy at Notre Dame, though. We're all on the same side of this one. Uh, Notre Dame's favored by seven and a half. I guess we're thinking that's all a bit too much. Which one of you would feel more confident? Give me a confidence level of Navy coming out and actually winning this one. How confident would you be on that, Jordan? Navy coming out and getting the W. I don't. I don't hate the money line here at all. Yeah, I think I think money lines in play. Yeah, and and just real briefly, I don't do this very often, but a humble brag, and Matt can attest to this. I may or may not have a Navy plus twenty ticket. Um, just I forgot about that. Yeah, just a little heads up. And this is something to really keep an eye on. And I'm not going to single out what book. That's not fair. But something to keep in mind moving forward and even into next year. If you can find a book that has uh, Game of the Year lines throughout the season projecting two weeks out, if you, if you feel like you have a really good read on a team and you see two teams moving in opposite directions and the number just looks wrong, those numbers are out there. So that's just something to keep in mind. I'm no expert. My records obviously speaks to that. But it's just something that I've noticed that sometimes books will put up wrong numbers on those games two weeks out. So it's just something to keep in mind. You took this one two weeks ago? A uh, week and a half ago, I think it was. At 20. At at Navy plus 20. Um, and it's... Didn't you also have LSU like plus eight or something on that tick? Or you were trying to parlay LSU? Yeah, I tried to parlay those two together. wasn't uh, wasn't able to parlay them for some reason. I don't know if you just can't parlay futures. Um, but again, it's just you know that it doesn't necessarily pertain now because the number is what it is now, and this is what we're picking it at. But just a little bit of a disclaimer for for listeners moving forward that just something to keep an eye. I on. I like it. Um, yeah. If you're a fan of a book, you can uh, make money at getting these matchups uh, in advance. Yeah. And and with the number with the number all the way down, and I'm I mean I even saw some numbers at just seven flat. Um, there's obviously everyone looks to be on Navy at this point, which makes me a little bit concerned picking it around a touchdown. But I'm still going to side with Navy at seven and a half. I think they can keep it within that score, if not win outright. And I think my preferred play would probably be Navy money line as opposed to Navy minus seven and a half, because I think they can, I think they are good enough to win this game outright. And I think Notre Dame might be a little bit overinflated at this point in the market. Yeah. Anything to add, Matt? Uh, Yeah, real quick. I will say, uh, despite the fact that everyone might think they're kind of a terrible offense, Navy ranks 22nd in at offensive S&P plus. Uh, Just worth noting, they're, they're able to score points, so. Yeah, no, that's that's good because it's not always been the case. 
this last one that we're going to look at before we get into our locks is one that I'm very, very intrigued by. Uh, if for no other reason than that both these teams just they don't know they don't know how to play boring games anymore like everything is back and forth and close Oklahoma minus 10 at Baylor Whew, that's a, it's a it's a fun one and if you would have told me at the beginning of the year that we'd be looking at this line at minus 10 and you guys would be on Baylor side I would have said you guys were crazy because y'all were loving Oklahoma to start the year what happened Matt uh, is this more about Baylor for you or is this a, a little bit of loss of faith and trust in Oklahoma it's a little bit of lost faith in Oklahoma. Uh, I, I wasn't, in, I haven't really been impressed with them in about three or four weeks. They're, not, I mean, ever since the dominating Texas performance where their defense kind of showed out, um, Oklahoma really hasn't been that impressive. They've, they've got the inability to step on your throat kind of mentality. The, the they should have run Iowa State off the field. Um, they get a little lackadaisical in these games and. Baylor does have some dudes. Um, Denzel Mims should be on an NFL roster very soon, and he's he's out. He will probably find success against this Oklahoma team. I do think Baylor's defense is legit and will be able to slow down Oklahoma enough times that they will be able to keep it with intent. I do still think Oklahoma wins it on the field, but home dog catching double digits, that's it's just too good a spot. Jordan, anything to add? Yeah, I... I- yeah, and I agree with Matt, and I think that Baylor can kind of play up the disrespect card a little bit in this situation with with their record and and where they're being uh, ranked right now in the college football playoff. So I think that's just added motivation onto you know a team that has everything out in front of them when you look at their record and what they can potentially do. So I mean, I think this is a good spot for Baylor, and like Matt said, catching double digits at home probably going to be an ugly game. And yeah, so I'll take the ten. So. I just peeked ahead at y'all's locks to see if this was in there, and it's not. I'm surprised that both of you – it sounds like you both feel fairly comfortable and confident that Baylor will be able to to, to, to hang in there. My, my guess would be the only way they do that is if they slow this game down. I don't think they're going to be able to, to keep up in a shootout. So uh, I was looking to see if either of you guys were playing the under because uh, the, the over-under is 67.5, which uh, if you think Baylor is going to stay close, I'm guessing you're thinking that that number is too high. Or am I – uh, reading way too much into into this, and and I just need to slow it down and and not overanalyze. <laughs> no, no, you're no, you're not wrong at all. Um, I, I don't have that as one of my locks, but I do think that if the game goes the way that I kind of see it going, I do think that that under is absolutely in play at sixty seven and a half. That's absolutely a good spot. Right. By you, yeah, I I I think OU does run away with this one. I think they. They realize they have a lot to prove. This is kind of the uh, what, what I was mentioning earlier on in the show, just looking at what what teams need to do to get in. Oh, you can't just win out and, and and assume that they're going to win to to get a spot in the playoff. They need to start winning with a little bit more conviction. I think that starts uh, this week. It's a big game. It's it's one that everyone's going to be tuning into. I'm pretty sure game day is there. I think Oklahoma puts on a show. I don't think Baylor's going to be able to keep up. Uh, I think it might be close in the first half, and and people might be wondering if if OU is going to trip up. But I think by the end of the game, they 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 pull it out and uh, and end up winning by by two score by two touchdowns. So I'm going with OU, but I'm not locking it up. I don't have that much confidence, uh, and I don't feel very comfortable with the over under either because I do think Oklahoma might just start pouring it on. So so we'll see. And I think Baylor could. Uh, they could try to establish the run and we've seen what happens when teams do that against Oklahoma. You can't run 
if you want to hold on to the ball and, and run out the clock, don't do it by running the football because you're going to score an 80-yard touchdown in, in, in 36 <laughs> seconds against this OU team. They just can't stop anything. So, yeah, that's that's my take. Uh, before we jump into our locks, though, I do want to let you guys know about some of the other great podcasts we have at Rotoviz. There's two that I wanted to highlight this week. Uh, one of them's a Fantasy Football Report with Blair Andrews and Hassan Rahim. It is on. Um, they record Sunday nights uh, during the big games. They go over everything fantasy football related and, and kind of give you their their take uh, for the week ahead and, and what it means uh, moving forward. So definitely ch- check that out if you're into fantasy football. Uh, very interesting. And then, of course, we have the Dynasty Command Center with Curtis Patrick and Travis May, where they look at all things fantasy football, but kind of with a lens on, on Dynasty and, and looking at what you might be doing with some of your, some of your rookies and, and guys yet to be drafted. It's a great, great podcast. Both of these shows are super entertaining, funny guys. Definitely check them out. They are on the Road of His main feed, but they, of course, also have their own channels. So check out the Road of His podcast that we have for you. We've got like 10 or 11 different shows for you coming out every week. Uh, so so do be, um, yeah, getting all the content you can from Road of His. It is good stuff, and it will help you be successful in whatever ventures you are looking to be successful in. Unless you listen to my locks, that is. <laughs> then you will struggle. However, Matt can lead you to victory. Matt, give us your favorite, most confident pick of the upcoming week. See, now I'm not as confident in any of my picks this week, so thanks. (laughs) Um, I didn't like this slate very much, but the first one that came to mind um, was Penn State, Indiana, over 54 and a half. Um, Neither one of these teams is actually a great over team. They're about 500 on both sides, Um, but Indiana in road games is three and zero on overs this year, and Penn State is three and two on overs at home. Um, What really makes this stand out to me is why I like and why I like it on the over is that both of these teams are ranked in the top 15 of offensive S and P plus. And I did think that Penn State's defense kind of got exposed in the way that you can beat them, and that was through the air. Indiana has scored over 30 points in six straight games, and they pass more the ball more than 50% of the time, which is where I thought that uh, team would be able to find success against their defense. So I think Indiana is going to keep this game a little bit closer than Penn State fans are comfortable with, and I think it turns into a little bit of a shootout. Jordan, I know you have a play on this game. Why don't you uh, let us have it? Yeah, so piggybacking on what Matt just said, I'm taking Indiana, getting 14 and a half. Um, I, you know, a lot of, we talked, we already talked about this uh, a good bit during the show, but like Matt said, I think that Penn State's secondary is a bit of a liability. Um, Indiana does not have the same caliber of playmakers as Minnesota, but I do think that they have enough outside um, and a very balanced uh, cast of wide receivers. Um and I think Peyton Ramsey can do enough. It's a potential look-ahead spot for Penn State with uh, a trip to Ohio State on deck. They're not necessarily going to be looking past Indiana because they are ranked, but it's, it does kind of have to be on their mind. Uh, Indiana is 6-3 and three against the spread, 4-1 and one in their last five. Um, and I think that Iowa's pass defense is something to highlight as well. Uh, they're allowing just 190 yards per game through the air. And Penn State, I've been harping on this, but they do not have a wide receiver, too. It's it's KJ Hamler, it's Pat Fryermuth, and that's basically it. If if you have to go anywhere else, there's just hasn't been any production. And it's a noon kick in Happy Valley, which will mitigate a little bit of the home field advantage. I think Indiana keeps this close. But Jordan, what about Justin Shorter? Uh, <laughs> see, he's see, dead to me too, don't you? You know, sometimes 
<sighs> with friends like these, you know, with friends like these. <laughs> I'm such a lovely person. I I will say, even in a loss, it was super fun seeing Journey Brown break out oh, a little yeah. bit last week because you know I've been I've been I've been touting him all season mainly just because I love the name, but uh, he looked good. I, I think he I think he's I think he's really really special. Uh, but yeah, Indiana, man, I don't know I don't know I don't know if I agree with this one. I wonder, uh, Jordan. I know you do a really good job of not letting your bias, your Penn State bias, uh, cloud your judgment. You try to be very fair about the team. Do you feel that part of this could be uh, just kind of personal disappointment with what Penn State has been? I know you've been on Indiana a lot this this year too, so I'm not saying that you're just uh, being a downer like I am with Oregon. But um, I, I just feel like Indiana's been good, but they also haven't had to play a team at Penn state's level yet. Really? Um, I don't know. I, I think yeah, Penn state wins this one comfortably is what I'm saying. I'm disagreeing with you. <laughs> no, that's fair. I mean, Penn state is the better team top to bottom, but I just think that the certain areas where they are deficient, which I think is the secondary is how Indiana moves the ball. And I think if those two things didn't line up, like I think Stevie Scott, Indiana's running back who is really talented will probably have a pretty tough go running against Penn State's front se- front seven, um, which could be an issue if Indiana has to go completely once one dimensional. But I just think even if Penn State goes up early, which they had a which they've had a pension to do uh, prior to last week, I think Indiana, if necessary, can throw the ball, play catch up at the end, and even get a backdoor cover if necessary. I just think that there's avenues for Indiana to get to cover this number despite being the less talented team. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's fair enough. I, uh, I already mentioned my big 10 play. I'm going Minnesota plus three at Iowa. We already went into that one. So I will, uh, I'll let you go again, Matt. Let's, uh, let's hear your next one. Um, so I'm going to my garbage. Um, and that is UTEP and UAB under 44. Um, <laughs> that, is, that is so gross on so many levels, Matt. <laughs> Those are both two disgusting teams, and you're taking the under. <laughs> uh, they're a combined 10, 7, and 1 on unders this year. They both run the ball over 55% of the time, which means that clock will keep on moving. And both these teams rank in the bottom 20 of offensive S&P+. It's going to be a sweat because it's in the low 40s, but it, it's, it's a fun one. <laughs> are you going to watch? No. Dear God, because no. <laughs> that would be just. I will check oh, that, make my I will eyes check bleed. that score probably three times. Uh, hopefully once at halftime to make sure the pace is still in my favor. Um, one more time, probably midway through, and then one time like way late in the evening. There you go. All right, Jordan, let's hear your next one. Sure, I'm going to take Washington State laying ten and a half at home against Stanford. Um, and this is kind of a, a highlighted spot for Stanford secondary where they've, where they've sustained some really significant injuries at corner and at safety, including Paulson Adebo, who is one of the better cornerbacks in the country. And this obviously plays right into what Washington state wants to do air raid offense, continually taking shots into the secondary. I think Stanford could be vulnerable there. Um, Stanford off of a tough loss against Colorado where they just scored 13 points against a bad Colorado defense. I mean, they Colorado ranks 105th in defensive efficiency. Um, KJ Costello is, I think has been ruled out, which means Davis Mills will get the start at quarterback, which Mills has actually been better than Costello this season. But I, I don't even know if Mills is 100%. I know he's been dealing with a hamstring injury. Um, 
And under under Mike Leach since 2012, the Cougars are 19-14 and 0 against the spread as a home favorite with an average margin of victory of 21 points. I think this kind of lines up for a bit of a steamroll here for Washington State. So I'll lay the 10 and a half. There you go. Uh, hopefully Leach doesn't uh, berate his <laughs> berate his squad anymore. He's been pretty ruthless this year. It it is it is a volatile situation. I will give you that, and that does give me a little bit of pause, just because Washington State's been kind of erratic all over the place. But it just feels like the injuries to Stanford in the in the very area where Washington State wants to attack feels like it's lining up. Yeah, and Stanford hasn't been consistently good this year either. Exactly. So uh, it's it's definitely a very safe. I, I think it's a safe play. I like it. I like that's a. I like you go you dipping into the Pac-12 mm-hmm. a bit this uh, this this week. It's it's kind of fun. Um, my one is another one that when I I saw the line, I kind of had to do a double take because I was a little bit surprised. Alabama minus seventeen and a half at Mississippi State. I think you like this number with Mac Jones. I like this number with me at quarterback, man. Just, okay. just actually, that's not true. I can't throw, but um, just because of a shoulder injury that's been <laughs> nagging me for so long. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I I don't care who they're who they're sending out there. Um, Mississippi State is is, is not great. Uh, the Bulldogs are zero and three against the spread as underdogs this season. Auburn, LSU, Texas A and M. Each one of those teams beat this Mississippi State squad by at least twenty three points. Uh, to me, even with backup quarterback, Bama's better than well two of those teams. And I don't think Mississippi state is going to be able to hang 17 and a half is a very nice number. And I'm locking that one up for sure. I, I don't know how high it would have to go for me to, to, to not, I think I'd be comfortable to go all the way up to 20 and a half uh, and still play Bama. Uh, I feel pretty comfortable about this one. Do you disagree with me, Matt? You, you gave me a little bit of pushback there. You think this is uh, too, too high of a number? No, I don't. I, I, I think I would prefer playing on the total here and I probably would just take the over, but I uh I don't know. I, I just I didn't know if you realized that there was a decent chance that Tua wouldn't sit out this game. So I wanted to ask a fair question of do you feel as comfortable with Mac Jones? And I think Mac Jones is a fine replacement level player and yeah. Yeah, I mean he sorry <laughs> he's got no, no no but i mean i just like you look at the weapons that that bama has at wide receiver i mean poof, i <laughs> jalen waddle's punt return and i don't know if you saw it because you weren't watching jalen waddle's that. punt return is the greatest thing i've ever seen right yeah i i don't know i know people are, are harsh on bama's defense as well and and maybe maybe the over is also in play it here um it it's not a bama defense that we're accustomed to it but it's still better than it's. I think it's still good enough to stop Mississippi State from from putting up too many points. Uh, I think Bama. I think Bama rolls. Anyway, let's um, let's go to. You've got a couple still on on the slate here, Matt. Let's let's hear your next one. Um, I'll go with another gross one. Uh, Arkansas State, Coastal Carolina, uh, over sixty and a half. Uh, there are combined. This one I'm a little less confident in than I am UTEP and uh, UAB. Um, they're both in the bottom thirty three of defensive S and P plus. Um, they're both averaging around 30 points a game, so not as high as I normally would like in this type of spot, but they're a combined 10 and 8 on overs. Coastal Carolina is 3 and 1 on, on overs on the road. I just think this one turns into a bit of a shootout because the defense is. Yeah, this, I, I feel like you've played Coastal Carolina a couple times in overs. I have. And, 
and it seems I to like work them, out for you. Uh, so I like it. These 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 random ones are ones that I, I really get a kick out of, especially overs. I don't like unders as much. They they, see, I, they seem really boring and, and not fun, but I mean they work out for you too. But the overs I can get behind because uh, I like seeing points, just like Jordan was saying earlier. Uh, Jordan. Let's get back to the Pac-12. Yeah, I'll close mine out with uh, Utah laying 21 at home against UCLA. And this number looks big, um, especially for in-conference play, a UCLA team that has been trending upwards, I think, over the last couple weeks. Um, Joshua Kelly is a really good running back for them. He's been playing really well lately. But I kind of touched on how, uh, you know, based on the metrics, Utah is one of the most complete teams in the country. You know, UCLA has scored 31 points or more in each of their last four, but have done so against defenses with an average efficiency rank of 81st. So they haven't necessarily been playing uh, stellar defenses. And this is obviously a huge step up uh, on the road in one of the tougher places to play in the country against one of the better coaches, I think, in the country. Um, And I think that's where altitude could play a factor here. UCLA coming from obviously Los Angeles going up to Salt Lake City major altitude uh, advantage. And I think that could especially play out in the second half where it wouldn't necessarily surprise me if UCLA keeps it relatively close for a while, but I think that Utah could potentially pull away near the end and cover this number. Um, Zach Moss is uh, another just underrated running back. Uh, when you watch him, he's, he's incredible running back to watch. He's so good at football. Um, and Tyler Huntley, I think is finally maybe 100% healthy. He's been dinged up basically the entire season, but when he's on, he is one of the most efficient throwers in the country. Um, so, I mean, this is kind of a spot where UCLA is trending upwards, but I think it could come crashing down in a relatively big way on the road against a really good Utah team. So I wanted to argue with you on this one, um, because of how good UCLA has looked recently. And then mm-hmm. I remembered that the one team that Utah struggled with was um, a kind of air raidy USC team. Um, and UCLA just isn't that. And I don't think that Utah is going to have the same struggles against Joshua Kelly that they've had throughout. I mean, again, that they would have had if this was a more air raid offense. So I, I want to argue this pick a lot because I actually think when I first saw the number, I thought this was a great UCLA spot, but I think you're on the right side and piling on Zach Moss is, is violence personified at running back. And it's awesome. Yeah. And, and Utah also, they've got a lot to play for. They, they want, they want to be in the playoff and they're not going to do it by squeaking past teams like UCLA. So I think they have a lot to play for. Uh, I think it's a good call. It's, it's the numbers a bit big than, than bigger than I'd like. So that's why it's not on my slate, but I'm glad it's on yours and I will be, uh, interested to watch. I'm also hoping Utah wins out and uh, until they face Oregon in the Pac-12 championship. So I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. All right, Matt, let's hear your last one. Wait, are you going to Joe with yours? I was going to go after you because it's okay. Fine. What's that? It's the same game. Okay. So uh, as I mentioned before, I kind of thought this game would be a little bit low scoring and that's Georgia and Auburn under 41. That number <laughs> might, that's my number might sound low to you, but these teams are actually not, that uh, it, it shouldn't scare you that much. They were combined 13 and five on unders for the year. Um, Georgia's defense ranks second in defensive SMP plus Auburn ranks fifth. Both teams are going to run the ball um, over 55% of the time. And I just don't think Swift is going to dominate this game. I, I think he'll probably find the end zone at some point, but even if Jake Fromm is kind of allowed to throw it around a little bit, 
I don't know who they're going to throw to. Georgia does not have legitimate passing weapons this year, um, which is hard for me to say because, as I've mentioned a couple of times, uh, they did lose Riley Ridley, which I thought would help them. Um, <laughs> but they also lost Miko Hardman, and that hurt them. So, um, yeah, I, I just think this one's really low scoring. I don't particularly think this one will be a sweat. I think this will end like 17 to 14 or something like that. Uh, yes, it will actually it will actually end 17 to 10. Your under will hit, as will my final lock, which is Georgia minus two and a half. Uh, that's, you know, we talked about this game earlier. I really think Georgia is a significantly better overall team, talent-wise, top to bottom. I know Auburn does play better at home. I know Bo Nix plays better at home. I don't think he's going to have any success against this Georgia defense, which is one of the best in the country. Uh, I, I think that Auburn really struggles to score here. I think it's it's going to be um, one – they'll have one good drive where they're able to punch it in the end zone. And other than that, they're, they're going to be uh, really, really struggling. So I don't think Georgia has to do too much offensively to to get uh, not only the win but to, to cover that two-and-a-half point. So um, my final lock for the week is Georgia minus two-and-a-half. So let's recap real quick. Jordan's going Washington State minus ten-and-a-half for Stanford. Utah minus 21 versus UCLA. And Indiana plus 14 and a half at Penn State. I'm taking Minnesota plus three at Iowa, Georgia minus two and a half at Auburn, and Alabama minus 17 and a half at Mississippi State. I'm going with a lot of road teams. I'm going with all road teams. That is, that is, that makes gross. me feel nervous. That is gross. <laughs> that's, that's not ideal. Um, Matt, speaking of gross, Arkansas State, Coastal Carolina. Oh, no, that's the good one. That's over 60 and a half. I like that one. It's the UTEP UAB under 44 that I don't like. That's gross. Uh, I, I like the pick. I don't want to watch that game. Um, I think I think uh, if, if you get that one wrong, uh, no, if you get that one right, you should be forced to watch the replay of it. Um, okay. And then you've got Georgia, Auburn under 41, and Penn State, Indiana over 54 and a half. Some good games coming up, boys. Uh, what what game are you most excited uh, for this upcoming weekend, Matt? Georgia Auburn. I think uh, I, I really like this Auburn defense. They've been fun to watch. They've been relatively creative. They were truly the only team that's hurt um, LSU's offense. I think they've been able to scheme teams into real struggles. So I, I kind of want to see what they do against this Georgia team. And like I said. I just think it'll be it'll be interesting to see if either team is able to score. Yeah, I'm gonna Jordan? get screwed on an overtime over. <laughs> I'd be okay with an overtime. That 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 would likely mean Georgia covering that two and a half. Two words, two words, guys. Go Navy. Two words. That's yeah. such a fun one. That is good. So are, are you going to be dialed in for that one? Are you going to watch that one? Yeah, I'm going to try and watch as much as possible. I think it's in one of those weird kickoff slots, like 2.30 or something like that. Um, so it's kind of like sandwiched in between the early and the mid the mid slates. So, I yeah, I, I just think that maybe this would just be such a huge win um, on the road at Notre Dame. These two teams are familiar, but Navy really seems to have a special combination this year. They're, they're trending upwards. And I think this is a, a bit of an overrated Notre Dame team. So go Navy. Yeah, there you go. I think the game I'm looking forward to the most is Oklahoma uh, against Baylor. I'm really curious to see what actually takes place in that one. Uh, I just think it'll be exciting. And, you know, got a top 10 team, number 10 versus number 13. Uh, that's going to be good stuff. I will say I, it's not a lock, but Oregon 
uh, minus 27 and a half. I think the number's too big. I was, I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to go Arizona plus 27 and a half and take the under 68 and a half in that game. Do it. Uh, I will keep you all updated. I will, I will tweet it out if I go with it. I'm going to look at it a little bit more. Um, I hate betting against Oregon mm-hmm. this time of year, but I just feel like 27 and a half is just, just too big. Uh, anyway, I feel like we do have to mention, uh, Ohio State playing a fourth grade recess this week. I'm sorry, they're playing Rutgers. Oh. Um, when that line, I have to mention it. The line opened up. They were 50, uh, 52 point favorites with the total of 55. It was amazing. Um, <laughs> I didn't see that. That's it, hilarious. It was. Ap- I mean, I think it might have been. I don't remember. Either way, their implied their implied total for Rutgers was less than a field goal. So oh, man, can't wait to watch uh, Ohio State starters play for a quarter and a half. That's awesome. That is awesome. That's great. Well, that's, uh, that's going to do it for us for this week. We'll be back with you um, either Wednesday or Thursday next week. Enjoy all your football watching. And of course, uh, go check out those other podcasts I mentioned. Uh, Do subscribe to this one as well. You can find us over on, on Apple podcasts um, and all the other, all the other ones. Uh, So give us a follow, give us a rating and review. We will talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.